Hello there. Super excited for this episode of the SPS Pod, episode 41. I have Kieran Drew coming in to talk to me about his performance origins. I'm going from having a back injury as a young man to now being a digital writer, free from his career as a dentist. Yes, he went from being a dentist to being a digital writer. Really great conversation coming up. I hope you enjoy it. Let's jump into it. Welcome to the SPS podcast, the self-performance strategies podcast, unlocking the secrets to success and unlocking the secrets to self-performance so you can improve mentally, emotionally, and physically. The SPS podcast is brought to you by the Pro Accelerator program, helping business owners and business leaders save at least 10 working hours a week, improve their focus, and make more money. If that sounds like something you're interested in, check out the show notes and follow the links. But let's now jump in to this episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 41st episode of the SPS podcast of the Self-Performance Strategies podcast. This episode, I've got another deep dive, another performance origins with a large creator from Twitter, Kieran Drew, dentist turned professional writer. Uh, He's going to teach you how to create digital freedom through writing. He's got over 100,000 followers on Twitter uh, and he writes in a very magnetic way. So I'm uh, super, super excited to have Kieran on the pod. Kieran, welcome to the SPS pod. Uh, Thank you for coming on. How are you today? Yeah, I'm really good, man. Thank you for inviting me. It's uh... It's funny to spend uh, my Valentine's talking to a bearded man over Zoom. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, today is Valentine's Day. I apologize. Yeah. Sorry for that. Sorry for taking you away from your girlfriend. It is all um, good, dude. All good. <laughs> this is probably more fun. Yes. Hopefully you shouldn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Spreading some of that podcast love. I love it. I love it, man. It's great. That's great. Well, I'm, I'm super pumped to have you on. We're going to have a, a nice conversation about your performance origins and I'm taking you from where you were to where you are today and everything else in between and we'll let the conversation flow. But I always ask this question to every single one of my guests that come on. And what is your personal self-performance philosophy or, or what is your success philosophy? Yeah, it's, it's funny, man. Like, I feel like if you asked me that, you know, five, 10 years ago, it'd be a radically different answer, which is probably the same for a lot of people. But right now, the way I'm sort of defining success is um, either about me or about the people I help. So for me, it's about personal freedom. And so by that, you know, uh, I mean, doing what I want, where I want, with who I want, is designed exactly how I like it. And I feel like by having that sort of metric, it lets me make the most impact on other people's lives. And that's the other thing that I try to do is is, um, trying to make an impact at scale. That's, that's really good. I like that. And and that, idea that you just sort of the thread there about if you asked you five years ago your opinion would be different i'm 100 the same but that that idea of helping other people create digital freedom that that's your whole sort of twitter online presence is about that and, and we'll, we'll talk about how you got there but i i know from some of the the twitter threads that you've done and what you've spoken about i mean your current your current ethos is about digital freedom but you used to be a dentist and, and before that, you used to have, you've had a, like a big life thing happen to you years ago, which I'll let you explain if you want to go that far back. But like, you know, from getting to this idea about helping people create digital freedom, you know, how did you get to that idea? Where did it start? You know, where did this 
sort of journey for you of success or self-performance? You know, when did you start getting dialed in about improving yourself as a person? Because I, I personally, just to frame the question, I personally ended up running a business because years ago I started improving myself. And it was just, mm -hmm. I felt like it was a natural timeline of like, okay, well, if, let's just do this, if that makes sense. So yeah. how, how did it start for you? Yeah, um, it's definitely the whole improvement angle, uh, like I said, but it would be smart maybe to go back to uh, when I had the uh, neck issue then, because that's, that's yeah. sort of where it all kicked off. So um, for people that don't know, uh, when I was 16, <clears throat> basically, I had what we call scoliosis, which is like a bending spine, uh, going a bit wonky. Like my family used to call me crab boy. And then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is like Northerners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and one day we were, we were walking around and they were like, oh, holy shit, like your spine is, uh, can I swear, by the way? Yes, swear away. Yeah, good, because yeah. I'm very foul-mouthed. Um, you know, your spine <laughs> is bending. And uh, uh, as like a caveat, like at 16, I was a very... Um, anxious awkward kid who didn't really have a great attitude about life like i was always pretending to be someone and um anyway what what basically happened was i went in for this scan with my back and i remember sitting at the hospital with my mom and like we're in this like tight nhs cubicle and the x-rays are spread across the table and the doctor looked at us and he's like you know there's a problem and the thing is like the the back bending is not meant to be a problem right it's it's, it's a it's, it happens and what they actually found was at the top of my neck, uh, I had uh, broken it in four places. And wow. there was also a tumor growing in the spinal cord, which was putting pressure on the nerves. So basically eroding the nerves uh, in my brain uh, at the base. Wow. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a hell of a thing to get told at 16. And I've always said, um, best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Because what happened was when... I mean, at first I was devastated, man. Like I thought, you know, life really unfair. Like I felt like the victim, you know, and I used to have this attitude of like, I, I, I wanted kind of sympathy, right? I was like, this this has gone bad for me and I wish people would, would give me that. And it's, it's a bit of a toxic mindset, right? And what happened was actually when I was going into the surgery, my mum was terrified. And I remember this like clear moment where basically I realized that my life wasn't in my hands anymore. Okay, so the operation was 17 hours long. You either wake up, fine, permanently disabled or dead, right? And um, <laughs> No in-between. I just, no in-between. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember like, looking at my mom and she was devastated. And, 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 and for once, I realized that you can control how you react in the situation. And started just joking around, laughing. I went in smiling. And when I came out of that, um, obviously I survived, I'm here, which is always good. Uh, I, when I got back into recovery, I discovered like this whole idea of incremental improvement because, you know, the operation was, like I said, 17 hours long. I was in the hospital for three weeks. But when I got home, I had already made this decision that I was going to try to do something with my life, like this kind of second gift that we'd had. But the like journey back to normality was pretty tough, man, because um, yeah, I couldn't even shit or shower without help. Couldn't walk, you know, couldn't, yeah, like, so you, you kind of go back to a very humble beginning. And um, it was kind of at that point where I discovered that, like, most challenges that you can face are just a, a, a case of series of um, daily repetitions, right? Not kind of focusing on too big of the goal and just improving uh, as you go along. And I don't know, man, like, because that neck operation just brought that attitude to a lot of things. And so... Um, 
we had like a time frame where basically if I didn't recover in time for university, uh, I would lose my spot as a dentist. So I got that, thankfully. And then when I left dentistry, I was like, okay, I'm going to make something of my life. <laughs> the problem, Steve, was that um, that make something of your life is often undefined or defined by other people. Yes. And and uh, if people don't, if they're not, if your listeners aren't British. So I come from the north of England, and in the north of England, the scarcity mindset is very, yes. very much ingrained. Yep. And so, um, in my eyes, success was defined by how rich you look, not how good you feel. Yes. And uh, you know, with dentistry, it was pretty cool because none of my family had like made any sort of real money, and suddenly I was twenty six, and you know, the more hours I put in, the more money I'd make. Yeah. And it was good money as well. And so I came out of that and dude, I was like, let's go. I, I want to be high performance, like but probably underlying ego and stuff. Like I, yeah. I've never really wanted to be rich for the money. It was always the independence, but like to me, the more you earn, the better you were. Right. Uh, which I'm sure you get that, hear that yes. a lot. And yeah. And, and what actually happened, mate. And again, very, very grateful for a bad situation. I took on two jobs. And uh, you're not really meant to do that with dentistry because you know you hear everyone has like high suicide rates. It was fucking awful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You said two jobs. I was like, what? It's just uh, the money was great, but um, very stressed, very anxious, and, and 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 making a big mistake. I think people make, and that's being so busy you never consider the direction you're going. Yes. And uh, what I realized was like, um, COVID hit when I hit burnout like I was done I was cooked and suddenly I had a lot of time and I realized that actually the because I didn't enjoy the work either and when you're kind of tolerating a career you don't enjoy it takes you away from one that you do yes and I was always like well shit I've spent over a hundred thousand pounds nine years of my life on this career you can't pull out now and actually you know um, I love reframing a situation on the different side of the same coin you've only spent nine years and a hundred thousand pounds like why do another 30 years for something exactly. you don't enjoy? And um, that that sort of led me to him, mate. That, there's so many things I can pull out. There's so many things where, I, okay, I wasn't in hospital, you know, with a bad back, but there's so many points of that journey that I can relate to. Because when I first got my shit together, obviously I partied for 10 years and we'll talk a little bit about that quickly. We both lived in Newcastle and we ended up both going to the same nightclubs, but at different, yes. different time periods. Uh, I think one was the... It used to be called the stage door, but it's called Cosmic Ballroom. I think you mentioned to me once, and I used to frequent that quite a lot. A little techno downstairs. <laughs> and but I, 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 when I got out of my my sort of party years, because I, you know, you went and you know got went, went and got your dentistry and got that done. Good for you. I, I think I, I paused a bit too long in my twenties, and I, I lived like a student from the ages of like twenty one to like twenty eight. Mm -hmm. And then at twenty eight, I started waking up and I moved to Canada. A 29 30 year old and that's when my my personal development journey started uh, in essence but i ended up in a commission sales job and i went down the same sort of route as you didn't really love it but it was like money 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 work 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 chase 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 you know and i felt miserable um but yeah no I, I, so many so many good things in there for 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 me to pull out there but what when you know in that and i can hear a little bit of stoicism in there and I just I want to sort of pick on that a little bit because there's a lot of stuff that you can control the external. You can't control the external, but you can control the internal. Was that a philosophy that you got involved in 
because of your injury or is it something you got you know when when did that any any influence on it on you at all because like, i feel like there's a lot of stoic sort of ideology or stoic sort of foundations in in, in that story uh yeah i mean retrospectively uh or oh, sorry now i am I, I love stoicism uh something that i will consume daily because i think it's very important yeah. but i actually only piece that together retrospectively so um the situation with my neck had forced me to adopt a stoic attitude yes because the alternative was that the reality was bad right and mm -hmm. and like the whole thing with stoicism is that you know between stimulus and response there's that window and in that window you get to choose the the lens with which you view the world i kind of found that out by myself um very slowly and very painfully and so then the first time i read um I mean, the first book i read on that really would be man's search for meaning by victor frank yeah and uh, yeah i just remember reading that that quote that i just said and also like the um you know man's uh thing is that freedom right like as yeah. our last choice and i found that very powerful and then someone was like you know have you heard of this marcus aurelius guy and 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 since then mate like i I, yeah, I, I think stoicism is probably one of the, one of the strongest tools we have performance. Mm -hmm. There are also, I think it's, it's kind of idolized as like a, as a philosophy, but I have kind of been reading a bit more and there are certain downsides with stoicism. Like yeah. it can kind of turn you off emotionally too much sometimes, uh, which is true. Like, um, but for the most part, like, I think it's one of God's greatest gifts or I don't really believe in God, but that's a different thing. But like, it's a great gift. Um, yeah. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I love that because I, I actually have, I find stoicism has its limitations. I, I, stoicism helped me pull out of my dark years. I mean, I, coming from Northern Ireland and living in the northeast of England for 10 years, I definitely had that. I would almost approach the northeast, the northerners and Irish and even Scottish people as kind of stoic just naturally because we're just, we live in a shit country with shit weather, with shit, just shit <laughs> all the time. And we're happy about it and we, we have fun. We're just like, we're, we're very positive people. Uh, I find in general, but it's it's not stoicism. I don't know what it is. It's just getting on with it, kind of uh, kind 100%. of thing. Yeah. Uh, but for me, with stoicism, it taught me the the values because growing up in Northern Ireland, which you're probably aware of, and maybe some of my American listeners wouldn't be aware of, but there was troubles in Northern Ireland. The Protestants and the Catholics basically born in the same street but killing each other. So it turned me off religion. But when I find stoicism. I find I got those values and those foundations, but it wasn't attached to any type of ideology. And yeah. it, it, for me, it really helped me because I, I obviously when you when you start reading certain books and scriptures, they're always attached to some some side or some person or some ethos. So uh, it definitely helped me a lot in my journey. But with that said, you know, great framing on, on the story there. But if you could pull out out of your journey, you know, because we're, we're talking about your self-performance origins, what, what what would you think would be your biggest success, your biggest aha moment over the last, could be the last six months, could be the last year, could be five years, like like a moment that, that really, that you're like, wow, that, 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 was a, that was a big thing for me. Oh, mate, it's, it's easy. It's, uh, it's quite my career. Yeah. Like the actual... Um, decision to for once bet on myself yeah uh I, i'll tell you the story about it actually because like the thing is right now like on twitter you know on social media you get like the highlight reel right yes and uh, i have like a reputation for being a bit of an action taker now which is hilarious because i am over analytical everything i do and <laughs> quitting my job was um 
fucking terrifying. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, man, because like the long, long, long and short of it, mate, I had a choice between uh, sign a new one year contract or a new job or just fuck it and go all in. And uh, the plan was to do one more year and like slowly ease into writing. Yeah. And what happened was my my new boss, who I hadn't really worked with yet, called me and was like, um, "You, we're not ready. It's a new clinic in York, right? and he's like, we're not ready. Um, would you mind waiting a month, and I'll pay your wage anyway?" It's like a wet dream, right? Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was celebrating so much, but then I realized I was celebrating because I had a month to pursue something that I truly believed in, as opposed to going to a career that I didn't. And um, so I had to go see him a week later to go meet the nurses, right? Um, by then I had, I had like a 10 hour day the day before on the phone to everyone I knew. Basically I wanted everyone to tell me to quit my job. Right. Like I, I need my girlfriend was like persuading me and I was too scared to just say like, fuck it, let's go. And anyway, I decided to do it and uh, I got the train to York. I, I, I walk up to the, the, the clinic and I'm so scared that I walk past it. <laughs> I'm, I'm like basically having like a heart attack. Right. And so like, I'm like hyperventilating and uh, I was like, this is ridiculous. You're a grown male. So I walk in and I'm like, I'm going to just say to him, let's go. And he's at the door and he's like, oh, Karen, great. Come meet your nurse. Come meet the staff. And so I met my nurse. I met all the receptionists. They were talking about what materials I wanted, what I wanted to do with my day. I was there for half an hour talking about a job that I didn't even, that I was going to quit in about a minute. And I was too scared to tell him. And then eventually we went upstairs and I was like, listen, man, before we carry on, uh, I can't do this anymore. And it was the scariest yet most rewarding and led to some crazy crazy stuff after so yeah that's that's the moment well, that's beautiful i love it I, I, well, good for you man well done and that that story i don't think i've read that on on uh, on twitter yet so I, i'm i demand a thread uh, <laughs> about you uh, spending 30 minutes talking about materials before quitting a job <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. I, I went through a similar thing. I think I left. It'll be two years for me, uh, end of April, yeah. um, and I I left far too quickly in my for because I didn't have things set up. And my first six yeah. or eight months as an entrepreneur were tough. Okay, really so, tough. When you say far too quickly, though, because it's the same with mine, right? Like I wasn't yeah. making money. Um, it put a lot of stress on the situation, but here we are. Yeah. So. When people ask me, I'm always in two minds. It's like, do you tell people to slow down? Or I would never tell someone to put themselves in a bad financial position. But like, exactly. for us anyway, it's a good thing. So when you say too quickly, are you grateful for that? Oh, yeah. Good. Switching the podcast around. I love this. Uh, asking me questions is great. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Yes, I'm very, very grateful for it. Because I think, to be fair, the lessons in that first eight months, you know, from April through to like, December, early January of last year, those eight months have shaped how I, how I think about business and how I show up today. And I don't think I would have learned those lessons uh, without going deep. And I didn't quite burn the boats because I, I obviously I was earning a very good wage, a six figure wage yeah. as, a, as a corporate leader. And yeah. I had money set aside and I had systems set up. And I, I did make money monthly. It's not like I didn't make money, but sometimes it was below my minimum amount actually quite often for the first six months it was below my minimum amount but i was keeping the wools from the door yeah um and then i had a couple of big a couple of wins over the summer uh of 2021 that like made it look you know i thought i cracked the code uh, i've talked about this in a, on a podcast episode recently where i i 
they signed a bunch of people in October through my coaching mm -hmm. and stuff. And I thought, I've done this, I've cracked it. And then I cracked a new offer out, put it online, had like 15 or 17 phone calls from December through January of last year. December 2021 and January 2022, I had 17 uh, discovery calls and didn't sign anybody. And I <laughs> just, it killed me. January last yeah. year, compared to where I was in February 14th, we are today in Valentine's Day. The four, uh, last year, I was not in love with my business. <laughs> On, on Valentine's Day this year, I am in love with my business on Valentine's Day. Good. But all that offer creation, doing something wrong, getting getting that 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 punch in the gut of failure, that mm. test, yeah. It's, it's so when you say, "Did I leave too quickly?" No, I probably left at the exactly right time. So it's yeah. because I needed to learn all those things. I always say the ironic thing about perfect timing is you only find it in retrospect, right? It's yeah. only when you take action when you're not ready. Um, and I would argue that's how my, I would say perfect timing. Someone said, how do you grow a Twitter account? We had for a global pandemic and you can spend 10 hours a day <laughs> on Twitter. It's very, it's very true. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's how I grew mine. Uh, because Twitter was my job for months because I had no yeah. work to do in my corporate job for the first uh, year see, or four I, months of the corp of the pandemic. I was, uh late because it was COVID that gave me the time to think but i didn't understand like i i thought copywriting was like legal protection of goods and all that and yes <laughs> so um i mean it took me what uh 12 or 13 months to get my first thousand followers because i just didn't get it uh, i didn't understand and that tell you what that'll teach you something about fucking <laughs> persistent attitude right where it's like uh just constant grind but um yeah like you're saying COVID was a very good pivotal one the, the funny one for me, mate, when um, quitting the job too early, mm -hmm. it was the thing they had taught me uh, because I, I actually had it on my whiteboard. I told you about the ten rules I had on my yeah, whiteboard, on your right? Whiteboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the big one is uh, believe in abundance because yes. I am so wired with scarcity, right? My my whole model of life uh, in dentistry was make as much money as you can, save as much as you can, retire at fifty. That was it. Mecca. And so like, um, when I quit my job, I had no money coming in for six months. And like, I tell you what, to get rid of a scarcity mindset, try blow all your savings. <laughs> like, yeah, it taught, it taught me something about myself. And now, when I'm making decisions, um, very little of it is wrapped in money, it still creeps up. But like, it's really helped. That's great. So what, what you're talking about there is being in the gain, not being in the gap, being in abundance. Oh, yeah, a fantastic book. I'm a massive yeah, fan of that's, Dan Sullivan. Also on there too. <laughs> Benjamin Hardy. <laughs> yeah. it, it had a massive effect on me. It, it, it's I, I had goals in my life that were I call them gap goals. They're they're goals yeah. based on the wrong emotional foundations, and they end up attaching or desiring to them. But they're typically goals that you expect external things to change. Mm -hmm. But all my goals now are just they come from within me. They're things that I just want, and that and that, that the, the book Gap in the Game by Dan Sullivan really helped me with that, and like. Yeah. As you're talking, I can really hear that now. When you're talking about what your decisions you're making now, you're you're coming from a, a you're defining success, and, and I'll I'll go off in a different direction because recently, like I, I've been following you for a while, and you, you've been blowing up on Twitter. You write fantastic threads. You're very engaging. You've got a fantastic uh, newsletter. It used to be called ABC, but you're changing it now to called Digital Freedom. Okay, you're pivoting a little bit, and you were doing uh, group coaching. Uh, for a little bit, but now you're, you're you're taking a step back from that because you're defining success for the way that you want it. And it's something I do with my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. One of the first things I do is like, well, what is success to you? What What is high dollar, high value for you in your life? What are your pillars? And a lot of, and it's, it surprises me, but a lot of business owners don't have that 
dialed in and then they start building bridges to places they don't want to go and then they blow themselves up because they just get so stressed out they're all over the place they're chasing things like you did with your dentistry like i did in commission sales years ago so i want to you know tap into that this 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 defining success for you and then going after it i mean i have to say i'm very i admire you for that because you're not only are you doing it yourself in your life but you're also doing it publicly so mm-hmm. where, where was this idea about defining success and then the second kind of add-on question that what then drove you to then talk about that very openly with your with your followers yeah the defining success part uh it's just something that i i think about a lot and i think it maybe does stem from the brain tumor stuff where it's like if you want to live a successful life first you need to define it right yeah and it's very easy to climb the wrong mountain and there's no points if you get to the top and so i read a book called how will you measure your life by clayton christensen and, and that really helped me where i just sort of highlighted the fact that like you get to choose like success is subjective and you get to define yeah. what it means and when you define what it means um suddenly a lot of options close down that you probably wouldn't pursue uh, but a lot more open up and i find that really powerful to allocate your energy towards something in terms of uh, building in public, so that's been kind of an evolving process because basically what what happened was um, I had you know, most people that become like writers online, right? They're already like internet marketing gurus or uh, copywriters, and like, hey, look at me, I built a really fast audience. When I was here, like, I couldn't even write, and um, I figured I can't compete with people who are better than me at writing or building audience, or whatever. But I can always compete on the story I tell. and um i can tell it better and so like my rule around uh creating is to have this kind of uh complete openness about how i'm doing it uh because at the end of the day like if you make a bad decision you learn a lesson but if you make a good decision you reap the rewards and i figured like fuck it i'll just tell everyone what i'm up to invite people along for the journey and it's been a really fun way to build the business because now it's like i don't really sell to people i just show what i'm up to and invite them to invest and that's been quite a fun way it feels, it feels a lot more genuine and authentic to me. Um, yeah. It also puts your uh, skin in the game, which I think is very, very interesting because I, this past year in terms of my improvement in all areas of life have been so high because the better I am at what I know and what I do and who I am, the better the results go as a writer. So that's been really fun too. Yeah, that's really great. So it's, it's forcing you to improve your minimum standards. So you're always, you're, you're always, you're, from my perspective, you're using growing in public, you define success yourself and then you're using growing as public as a forcing function to improve your minimum standards. Yeah, I, I love forcing functions for pretty much everything. Um, yeah. You know, public tasks, announcing goals and systems and routines. Yeah, it's very interesting because I, I, I've definitely taken notes from the way that you have been writing threads. I've definitely switched over. I've switched my perspective. Now, I, I don't chase, I, wouldn't, I don't think you chase followers. For me to say I don't chase followers is a lie. I love when I get new followers, but um, no, no, but I mean, like for me, because I, I I teach audience growth, so I do chase followers. I, I don't yes. like it when people say they don't like they're in my niche. Yeah, uh, they do. Uh, I do. chase followers, but I just try to do it in the right way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the thing is, what I what I what I want to do with mine, it's it's not really chasing the followers, but I look at your the way that you should have had a, a magnetic following. Mm. Uh, and I and I've got a lot of respect for you for that because you created that over the last six months, eight months, maybe a year, kind of 
you've come out of nowhere and boom, you've got this like really magnetic following. And I look at that and I'm like, that's, that's brilliant. So like, I, I, I study, study, almost study you a little bit. I'm like, well, how, how is he doing that? And I, I've seen it as like clearly define what you're doing. Uh, talk about your story constantly. You're constantly talking about your story. And then you're sharing your insights. And I've noticed that a lot of that comes from an I perspective, where we get taught earlier on on in, in, on the internet to, as, as to, to talk with you, like you're a copywriter and you're saying you you should do this, you should do that, you should do this. But you're very much I recommend. I did this. This is what I struggled with. This is my barrier. And I picked up on that. And I don't know whether that's something you do on purpose. I guess it is. But is it? <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's, it's a good spot, man. Uh, I, I usually I don't really point talk about it that much, but I do when I'm like coaching people, but. I started off with the whole like, this is how you should do it, how to do this, how to do that, how to do that. Um, what I realized was that um, an idea that I'm obsessed with is is how do you get an exponential result uh, as opposed to a linear one, right? Mm. Um, so for everything that you do, there are slight tweaks in process that can lead to 10x or 100x result. And the big one online or as an entrepreneur in general is storytelling. Because if someone writes a tweet that tells you how to build a business versus the person that says, here's how I built my business, my tweet will alter the perception of um, the audience, right? So that's why I'm very grateful to say right now, my engagement is like triple people, triple the size of me. Uh, because most of my tweets are, this is what happened for me. Um, but what, what I actually do for every time I do this is I'll always start my content with me. But the last line is always about you. Mm. And so um, what happens there is that they'll see the story and the experience, but it's not like me, me, me. It's, it'll be like, you know, for example, it'll be like my biggest mistake online was trying to build the perfect offer, which one I posted today. And then it's like I spent months doing X, Y, Z. And then I'd swap it to the lesson and be like, you don't build a business on paper, you build it on people. And so it's always a um, story, but then like the last line always has to be a, like, it has to be a sexy final line and it always has to be about the reader. Sexy final line. I love that. I love that. that <laughs> I need is... to get out more, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 so do I. I. It's kind of funny, but I actually love what I do. So I, I, it, it's, it's people say, oh, you, you work too much, but it's not work. It's, it's kind of fun. Uh, it's my entertainment. I, I really I really like that a lot, man, that, that sexy final line. But yeah, I, I've noticed that a lot, uh, you know, with, with the storytelling. And you really got, like, watching you made me go and invest in, like, uh, Donald Miller books and storytelling books and uh, and Made the Stick. I think Dan the Heath Brothers. Or is it the yeah, Heath? Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah I, I've invested in a lot of stuff. And it's just, it's that sort of, uh, and I even went and did Ship 30, which is a online writing thing that some people may or may not have heard off of listening to this podcast, but it is very good. And they... The one thing that really stuck out for me, the mistake that I used to make, because I, I came to online writing and even on doing YouTube videos, I came from a philosophy kind of stoic background and I would be clever, not clear with a lot of my titles and the way that I would speak, like floaty, stoic, philosophical ideas. Me too, man. Yeah, and it, 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 uh, it didn't work, but uh, it's different. <laughs> so getting a bit deeper. I love the conversation. I love we've gone, but I want to. I want to ask you about what was your biggest failure? What's the biggest thing? online? Let, let's focus on business because we're talking about self performance strategies here, and I know you've got a whole life of ups and downs. But over the last couple of years, uh, you and I met online in a, a, a cohort about a year and a half ago. Danco, uh, good dude. Uh, we met in that cohort. So, in your business journey, since you since you decided, hey, I'm no longer a dentist. I'm going all in. What's the biggest failure you've had? What, what, and what experience or, or what did you learn from that? 
Yeah, I, there's probably not been a massive failure point. You know, everything's come crashing down, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm very grateful to say. And I, I anticipate Good. at one point there may be something. But the the definitely the biggest failure over the year is a mistake I'm very conscious of now, and that's trying to do too much. Yeah, just constantly trying to do too much. And, um, you know, like it's a recurrent, you know, what's the quote where it's like doing the same thing twice, the definition of insanity, expecting a different result. And I just do that over and over, man. Like I've done it in dentistry where I was just like, I'm going to grind all my hours. And when I quit my job, I was like, I'm going to apply that same model. Uh, But it's like, what got you here won't get you there, right? And when I look back at my year, my main problem was that I, as soon as a project was done, I'd be like, let's go, let's go do another. And I'd start another and another and another. And you have this kind of mindset of uh, breadth over depth. And I think that's yes. actually really bad uh, because you, not only do you kind of, you're always skimming the surface. So the actual energy you put into the success is much higher, you know, everything that's the first reps is harder, right? Um, but because your, your your plate is so full, you don't have the time to do things properly. Like um, the essentialism quote, do less but better. Yes. And so uh, that's a philosophy now uh, that I'm trying to bring to my business, which is why I got rid of 70% of my revenue last month. I just got, got rid of it all. Uh, was because You're crazy. I, I, You're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really sounds a little bit scary than what it is, but it's... Um, yeah. Online on Twitter, you don't do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you need to keep scaling, keep scaling. Um, but yeah, so, so so really it was just approaching this mindset of success, how we're told to, where it's like success is more. And yeah. actually, if you go slow and if you do less, you're going to find something that you really genuinely want to go deep in. And ironically, when you go deep, the the the, the width of impact can be a thousand times more because you're not trying to do everything yes. and so that's the mistake and, and steve when we chat in a year mate i'll be telling you i've done it again uh and again and again and again yeah, yeah. but i hope each iteration is getting more and more focused yeah i i, I love that it's just there's a couple of authors i have a lot of respect for greg McCune's one of them so good. his books are fantastic benjamin dr benjamin hardy uh fantastic read pretty much all his books uh and obviously dan sullivan strategic coach i don't know if you've you know, does books with ben hardy but what you're talking you talk about james clear in there a little bit but uh, I, i'm not going to say anything about atomic habits i think it's just a good synthesize of other people's ideas uh that yeah. book um still one of the best ever books written for entry level to personal development habits but it's all yeah. Other. and he's only written one book but yeah other authors like benjamin hardy written like three or four in the time so i'm like James yeah. clear one hit wonder we'll find out anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I joke james if you ever listen to this i apologize <laughs> uh but the, the the thing what i'm saying though that the, the point i'm trying to get to there is that less but better that minimum standards that that focusing on your core thing because is, is it the, this the uh, idea that if is there somebody doing the thing that you love doing and that's the only thing that they do and they're making a shit ton of money doing it and anytime you ask yourself that question you're like yeah there is somebody who's only on twitter who's making a shit ton of money just being only on twitter but then you get caught in this idea where all oh, oh, people are blowing up on instagram people are blowing up on youtube people are, i should go and do this 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 i should go and chase this yeah uh, and i fell into that trap but this idea of like focusing on one skill, one platform, one thing, just like and drilling into it until you're really, 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 really good at it. Yeah. Less, but better. Yeah, I think. yeah. I mean, it's been 
I think I made that shout all right on Twitter where it's like, yeah. um, I don't have to put in any effort now to get 20,000 followers a month, which is really nice. Um, it's just flowing beautifully. Uh, the problem, and I'm really into this idea of improving decision-making and mm -hmm. the big one, mate, is FOMO. Yeah, uh, I get it all the time. Like uh, if I see someone going viral on Twitter and I think that I am better than them at content, I won't name names. I'm like, oh shit, man, I need to get over there now. I'm missing out, I'm missing out. And it's like, always just bring it back to the internal scorecard, right? Where it's like, actually, according to yes. your metrics of success, you're killing it and stop trying to rock the fucking boat. Yes. Uh, put in the run, because they're probably looking at you going like, fuck man, why am I not doing what this guy's doing? Uh, the, the issue is, um, FOMO online is very powerful because when you see people getting their, their follow accounts with these external metrics, we're monkeys at the end of the day, right? We're wired to want that too. Even though you know nothing about that person or how happy they are um, or about it and, and stuff. So yeah, that that's the big one, man, FOMO. <laughs> yeah. Slow down, no. slow down. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I definitely have that. I've, I've ignored chat GPT. I ignored Bitcoin when it was out. I ignore Web3. Yeah. I've ignored platitudes. Uh, you know, I, I did. I grew. I, I'd be honest. I grew my account. I only. I've. I've. I've like frozen at about sixty thousand odd followers, sixty eight thousand followers. But I got up to there by posting yeah. a lot of like I describe as platitude threads. Yeah. You know, yeah. ten steps to destroy your morning. You know, or you make your. You know, the, we've all been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all done it. <laughs> we've all done it. I, 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 and I, um, I've moved away from that and gone more storytelling in my perspective. And it, it obviously. It's it's working for me because I'm still getting those those on the back end my signing clients and to my coaching yeah. programs. That's the important metric: cal calendar calls, you know, signing clients up. That's that that to me that's the real metrics. Uh, but the FOMO, yeah, it is hard. I, I I do suffer from it. I see people blowing up and people who have gone from zero to two three hundred thousand followers, uh, and, and I'm like, okay, I mean, it is what it is. But again, I define success for what success is for me, and I think you do the same thing. And it's it's it is hard. It's like going back to the gap and again. It's like FOMO is the gap because then you're you're making an imaginary version of yourself that you're trying to chase. Yep. But we actually switch back to the gain. You're like, well. I only, I, I'm, I'm happy. I've got things. Things are moving for me in my life. So it's, it's, yeah. yeah. So I, I one think, of my, uh, yeah, one of my favorite quotes with that, um, because you're, you sound like a very driven person, right? And I imagine a lot of your audience are, we're, we're all kind of type A sort of style, usually, um, pleased, but not satisfied. Yes. Please. I find satisfied. that very powerful where it's like, I'm very happy with my life. Um, I, I, my, my, I have my dream business now. Like I, I write four hours a day. I walk, I read, I think, which is fucking great. Yeah. But like, there's always like, you could just do more, but make sure you're doing more for the right reason, which is like to show that you can improve, yeah. but not to impress people just to sort of like that infinite game of helping for me, helping people and, and self-improvement. Yeah. I, I, I get that as well. hundred percent where I, I have a really good life, but then there's also part of my mind being like, well, could I have been more effective? in my deep work mm. this morning could i have could i have not mm. at uh 12 o'clock today my time there will be uh champions league soccer will come on right in the middle of my lunch hour and, I, and i'll be like mm, do i have to watch it no i don't uh <laughs> you know so i have that those struggles you know i could actually do a bit more deep work you know so i, I that's where my minimum standards are that's where i kind of like not beat myself up but i'm always like you know can i raise my floor can i do yeah. less dumb shit because that's my thing yeah, yeah. helping people do less dumb shit and, and that 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 yeah. to me is like I don't know your thoughts on this, but I feel like the personal development uh, sort of industry, and even on the Twitter gurus, optimization guys, all the the productivity dudes on 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 Twitter, 
It's all about doing new things, using strategies, using hacks, adding in habits, doing new things. I have never improved in my life by adding things to my life. I've always improved mm-hmm. in life by removing things, by stopping yeah. things, uh, by doing less dumb shit. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, less, less but better. Yeah, yeah, it's not more, more, more. It's less but better. So, yeah. like, so is that yeah. like uh, easier to avoid stupidity than achieve brilliance from Charlie yes. Munger? That's Charlie. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, that's a great quote. That's a great quote. So, question I want to ask you, you know, about about yeah. you know, we're 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 flowing here, good stuff. But I, I want to now go big uh, and out into the future. If I could give you a realistic but magic wand. What what's Kieran Drew doing with his digital freedom newsletter? What's Kieran doing with his 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 following? What what is your realistic the magic wand in the next six months to to year or eighteen months? Where where do you where are you going with your brand? Where's where's the future? You've overcome all these struggles. You've had some big life inflection points. You're doing very well online currently. What's the future? Yeah, uh, I try not to look too far ahead these days, uh, but I would say that. Goalposts are quite fun to like, you know, make sure you aim in the right direction. Basically, I, I want to be, I want to own one of the, the best newsletters on the internet so that I can make a, a big impact at scale. And so the aim of the game really is to A, get very good at writing because I, I consider myself quite average at the moment, maybe just getting above average now. Come on. I know, I know, Come on. I know. Uh, but you know how that's how it works, right? Yeah. You are, yeah. Um, <laughs> And it, yeah, I'm also in that uh, Dunning Kruger effect, right? You know, when you you suddenly make money and you're like, oh my god, I'm terrible. Uh, yeah, you so I'd like this, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, 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 it's, it's, and then dip down. Yeah, yeah. It's silly because I know, right? Like my girlfriend would be like, oh, I loved your email, and I'm like, I fucking hated every word of it. And um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's natural, and, and and like it's getting a lot better actually. So objective A is is to get really good at writing. Um, objective B would then be to pour gasoline on the fire and get more people watching me do it. And so the plan would be to have, if if we're saying in a year's time, it'd be cool to get to like 75 to 100K on the newsletter. Nice. And um, I I try not to set social media goals because I feel like it, well, I know it completely warps how I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for example, I wanted to hit 100K before Christmas. I set that target and suddenly every every thread was stressful. All I could care was that. Got rid of the target and ironically, I hit it faster and I was relaxing. Love it. but yeah, so like the social media thing. Um, so I have been doing less but better. Uh, but now, Stephen, you'll notice this in all my emails uh, that's coming up. I'm obsessed with uh, leverage. So um, how can I turn everything I do from incremental to exponential? And that's the aim of the game now, mate, is just um, working on my systems. I've been so busy coaching that I my systems were very uh, stuck together. And like, for example, this week, all I've been doing is system building. And that's been really fun because now I have like a setup where my whole business now runs on Notion. Uh, The Notion documents auto-generate. So I know what I'm doing every day. All I do is write and then my VA will go and distribute. And then the SAPA will come auto-import the results and then redistribute and stuff like that I find really fun. Um, I'm not really a productivity guy, uh, but I am a... I would like to just to see how much impact you can make while, and the most important part, dude, is whilst being free. So, like, I want to prove that you can work four hours in the morning and then spend your afternoons, in my eyes, over thinking, reading, walking, or talking. 
stuff that feeds the brain and yeah. just do those two loops over and over and over learn how to productize your knowledge and learn how to, to, to communicate engagingly and then like digital freedom there we go beautiful beautiful man i love it i love it this, yeah i i i probably have a conversation with you offline about the, the your notion systems but i don't have systems like that uh, uh set up but it's interesting because i i, I if it, from my perspective, like look, looking at what you're doing, that, that four hour in the morning, and then I like the fact that you have talk in there because I, I love coaching, I love talking to people, but I don't love doing it at uh, first thing in the morning. You know, I prefer yeah. to do my talking in the afternoon because I like that golden period. But being on the um, on the west coast of Canada, the west coast of America, it kind of hoops me a little bit to talk to people in Europe and talk to people on the east coast. I've got to have those morning slots open, but I purposely yeah. close off two or three days a week where people can't touch me. Okay, um, yeah, cool. Because I'm, ta- um, I'm and I'm also tactically lazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah. I have the same problem where someone maybe from Australia or, or or maybe even you, where it's like the the time zones are so different. But uh, I am quite religious. Uh, I need to be in bed by nine and I can't be doing work from seven. Not because like, I'm like, oh, you know, you're hustling too hard. But if I, like you said, I love what I do. And if I had it my way, I'd do it for 14 hours a day. It feels like play. But I know if I work past 7 p.m., I am getting no sleep. Yes. And so like, if someone wants to hop on a call with me at six, I'm like, I can't do it, man. Like four o'clock at the latest. And they're like, what are you like 70 years old? <laughs> um, <laughs> so like some people I've had to refund because they're like, oh, will you hop on at seven? I was like, sorry, man, like here's your money back. I can't do it. Yeah, oh, no, I, it's, yeah. Good, no, it's good to have that. good to have success to find. Cause again, I, I, I was a bit like that earlier on in my, in my coaching. And then I, I hate it. Uh, and I, I use the word hate. I don't like using the word hate for small things, but I hated doing sales calls on a Friday before mm. my weekend because mm. it would piss me off over the weekend that I had a discovery call. And, and, and it, uh, at that point in my life, I was probably at a lower like 10 or 20% close rate. Now I'm at a, at a 40, 50% close rate. So I, actually, maybe I should have them on a Friday now. But I'm not going to do that because I yeah. don't like going into the weekend and being like, oh, I prefer having my sales calls on a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. And then I've got yeah. two or three days to just get back into the business. I don't have to think about it, you know, when I'm, cause I do, I do. And this is, this is gonna, the hustle grind set people online when they hear this, I do slow down over the weekend. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. I like, I like hanging out with my family cause everybody else is off. All, everybody else is off on a Saturday and a Sunday. She can actually go and hang out with people in the daytime. So I'm sorry, yeah. I'm, I, I slow down at the weekend. I use the yeah, weekends yeah. Like, a, like, a, like a normal person. I'm a normie. There it is. I'm an audience. I've started embracing that a little bit more now. Now I've got the momentum. Uh, I work Saturday morning, but the one thing I love and and why I would never, ever go back to a nine to five is autonomy. Yeah. Uh, And so like I was looking at my week and I was like, Monday mornings, I'm always tired and I'm never in the mood. So I was like, well, fuck it. Monday morning is part of my weekend from now on. So it's like, yeah, it's just like, why not? Like, I, uh, I, I just... I think, yeah, precisely, yeah, dude, nothing. Like, I just, Mondays, nice and easy work. Yeah, get away yeah, from like, me. I don't want to talk to you. Just, yeah. Precisely. Yeah. And um, I think it's really powerful, mate, in terms of uh, achieving your higher purpose, whatever you want to call it. The ability to design your day around your energy levels as opposed to the predefined constraints society puts into you. 100%. It's fucking powerful, man. Like, um, uh, for example, I dropped my girlfriend off uh, recently and it was 5 p.m. and it's meant to be a 20 minute drive and I was in traffic for 50 minutes and I was oh. like, I haven't been in rush hour for a year. And that's, yeah. I was doing the maths and it's like, people will spend 10,000 hours 
in traffic and like yes yeah. we listen to podcasts and stuff but like i'd rather be sitting in my flat like reading a book <laughs> so um yeah. very powerful yeah yeah no the ten thousand hours you become an expert at the as being in uh being... <laughs> rush hour <laughs> yeah rush hour <laughs> and i'm an yeah. expert at sitting in traffic uh yeah i don't want to be an expert in that no I, I i did the same thing and sometimes i've left the house to go and do things because i haven't driven to work in two years and i call it normal people time when I go mm. in and tra traffic's busy, I'm like, oh fuck, it's more normal people yeah. time. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. no if I go to the if I go to the shops now, I go wait, like really early in the morning or, or, or late Why at not? night. Because like yeah, I don't yeah, have sure. to squeeze it in. Rush hour, yeah, someone yeah. says to me, hey, we're meeting here at this time. I'm like, that's rush hour traffic. No, nah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I, I think it's like, um, since I quit my job, I've basically become about 70 years old because, you know, like, for example, <laughs> if I'm going to go, um, we have we have the Peak District near us, which if your listeners don't know, beautiful yeah. um, scenery, right? You go on the weekend when it's sunny in England and fuck me, it's like going to a football match. Yes. Um, so now I go on the week and the only people that have the time off uh, are old people. And like, I'll always walk past them in the sun like midweek and they're all like jolly and high and I'm like... Old people had it figured out all along, man. Wake up early. Yeah. Don't do the nine to five. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just a funny observation. That, that, that's, that's, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I, I must be like a 70-year-old. You know, I, I, I don't need a <laughs> clock that tells me a time. I just need a watch that tells me what day it is. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'm like, what day is it today? <laughs> okay, it's Tuesday. Okay, let's go. Uh, I, don't, I don't really care about time that much. But anyway, that's great. That's funny. So... Uh, that's a good future you've got. I, I love where you're going. I, and I, I, I honestly, man, I, I wish you all the success. I, I love watching what you're doing. Uh, I think you've made a big decision recently with that newsletter. And I'm excited to see where you go with that. And it's going to be a great experiment uh, experiment for you and a, a great uh, test. And I, yeah. I might do something similar. I, I keep, and I'm, I'll say this, I keep uh, overthinking doing a cohort. And I have for like mm -hmm. six months or a year. I keep overthinking mm -hmm. it. And maybe I just just throw it out there and just be like, "Hey, I'm building a cohort. Who wants to come along for the ride?" Um, it, just, just I was it. I was terrified when I was doing mine. Um, I, I sent the email and I, I immediately like, "No one's going to buy this shit," and uh, I had to say no to five people, and uh, it was great, man. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. So yes. yeah, people will want to learn from you, man, for sure. Yeah, in yeah, a group just... setting. Yeah. Yeah, I just need to, to need to just get it out there and, and do it. But yeah, I, I keep uh, tinkering around with other things in my business. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just what we do, what we do. Like, yeah, man, sure. you do with an update. I don't know if I <laughs> need to build a better email sequence. Yeah, um, yeah. That's what I'm doing. So with that, I, you know, we're, we've been talking for nearly an hour, so we'll, we'll kind of get towards the wrap up here. I like to ask a couple of like, uh, you know, wrap up questions. Like not, not really quick fire questions, but you know, as we're, as we're um, sort of wrap, wrapping up, Yep. Uh, the one question I want to ask is, what do you think is currently slowing you down, standing in your way, or stopping you from your next success? Uh, spending money. Still spending this scarcity problem. Interesting. And and, and yeah, from yeah. spending money, is that on hiring coaches, hiring VAs, hiring, getting into masterminds? What, what, what is that spending money? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so an, an idea that I am really trying to embody that I don't do very well is that money is energy. And now that I got back to uh, five figures a month, like, you know, because like I said, I burned my savings for six months. It was quite nice getting paid again, right? And um, it, again, like I was like, well, I don't need to really spend any money. But actually right now, if you look at my business growth, uh, the revenue is scaling really high. The growth is scaling really high. And it's like, 
if you were to take this pot of money that's sitting earning 6% in savings and say, why don't you bet on yourself, which is one of my rules, you know, like bet on yourself. If you, if I wasn't so clingy on like scarcity side, I would be investing in yes, masterminds. Um, I'd be investing in attention. Uh, I don't run ads or anything at the moment. Um, and I don't really know why not. Uh, so that's what I'm working on now, mate, where it's like, um, I actually set a rule, like a forcing function. Like I said, the only way I can get over my monkey mind is to set rules. And um, my rule right now is that basically for the entire year, I want to spend every dollar I make. Um, because then like, like what? And I'll see if that works. If it didn't work, I'll start saving again. Um, so that's what I'm doing now. Uh, it's, it's pretty scary. I actually just got myself the uh, new iPhone and I'm that guy that will get the old iPhone until it's like tripping to pieces. Um, so yeah, yeah I'm just showing show my old iPhone up to this. Yeah, it's like four years Dude, old. Man, I will I will drive that thing to the fucking ground. But yeah. now I'm like, okay, I need a nice webcam. You can get the new I like stuff like that. So um I'm investing more in quality and education and faster results. Like for example, building this notion database thing, dude. It took me it was a really depressing one where I done a Zapier thing. It took me eight hours to build. And when I looked at the maths, it would take me probably about six years for them to break even on the time yeah. uh, <laughs> so now i'm just going to start um paying people smarter than me to do the things that i can't do so i can focus who's on writing getting who's yeah i i i've spent quite a lot of money over the last year on different coaching Good. programs and masterminds and i Good can honestly tell you that they have sh uh, shaped me for the better um, this year last year i went for coaches and masterminds this year i'm going for who's um, okay. I'm, what does that mean? Who's uh, people to help me? I've I've hired a uh, recently hired somebody to help with my landing page. Who's more of a story oh. brand person rather than just somebody who's just like, hey, I'm going to do your landing page for you. Like you know the dudes that DM you and Twitter. Hey, I'm, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, I'm like, thanks, bro. No, yeah. um, uh, good good for them. I'm not saying don't send DMs to people, but yeah. stop sending me DMs. Uh, <laughs> just not me. Just send stop DMs, saying, but not to me. Not to me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just hired someone, and it's over. It's a the way that the contract's set up. It, it's more of a relationship than a transaction. They're going to help me with you know, my my words and stuff. And then I'm looking yeah. to hire a VA as well Excellent. to start helping me post repost my stuff at, in other places. Um, yeah, from uh, Philippines sort of style, or no? I, I'm actually going with somebody who I know in my life that Excellent. I trust because I want someone to repost my uh, podcast onto YouTube and I just have, it's, it takes me like half an hour an episode and I just have I just don't I don't want to do it I'm sorry Talking hey, to yeah, yeah. I don't want to spend half an hour 40 minutes editing a video quickly and then throwing it up on YouTube it just it's a, it's a it's it's boring for, sure. for me yeah, uh, yeah. so I'd yeah. rather pay somebody else and also yeah. this person knows how to write a little bit so I want them to take my Excellent. Twitter posts and then my Twitter threads and then just add a few quotes to them and, and make it look, look you know, just put it on a medium for me. Uh, obviously, yeah. I'll have an SOP as a, a standard operating procedure of how that I want them to do that. And we'll talk about it. And we'll make a process out of it. But yeah. those are things those are on my mind. I'm like, oh, I need to put my my podcast on YouTube. I should be posting on medium. And I'm like, do I really want to do that? I'm like, well, no, no but I want it done. Can I afford yeah. to pay somebody? Yes, I can. Yeah. So that, that's kind of my math is like, if it's on my mind, constantly on my mind, how can I remove it? Yeah. 
And I think I'm getting to the point now where I can just pay people. That's and that's that's who who's are. Who's are just people who you can distribute. Yeah. Do drop delegate the delegate part. Is like who can I actually give this stuff to? Because yeah. uh, I still want it. I still want it done. But I yeah, don't you're 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 here to focus on the highest point, right? Like, um, my girlfriend is now partner in a business. She quits her nine to five in two weeks to tell nice. me out full time. That's brilliant. And, um, same thing, mate. Like, uh, I have a VA in Philippines as well, but there's a lot of stuff that's like a trust thing, right? And and my girlfriend knows what I'm up to. She knows business mission. I was like, I'd rather pay like a percentage of the business as opposed to um, skimping on quality. So uh, I respect that. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and that's kind of where I was thinking as well, because I want someone to be a bit of a, of a creative. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, and I don't, and I, I'll, and the, this person who I'm hiring knows me, so they, and they get my blunt productivity, Excellent. sort of stoic, Irish, no, no dumb shit kind of attitude to things but i think they also get my compassion but i don't do i have any i don't know i'll figure that out at some point uh <laughs> <laughs> so going going on from that last couple of questions here what is one contrarian view that you have about it could be about self-performance it could be about writing it could be about something that you're interested in but what what is a contrarian view that you have that you push back against the norm to give you an example of my philosophies i i push back against optimization i think everybody anybody who uses the word optimization or pushes optimization as a solution is dumb shit because you you see him bolt optimizes to remove a second off his or half a second off a sprint uh you know mm-hmm. uh, elon musk optimizes rockets the majority of people haven't got their shit figured out to even think about optimization in my mm. my opinion uh, obviously, if you're testing different emails and stuff and A-B testing and stuff, that's different. That's not optimization, it's testing. But like optimizing things so they work better, like tuning that engine, I, I don't think I don't think that's where people should start. 99% yeah. of people shouldn't start there. But that's where a lot of like the personal development industry pushes people, if that makes sense, I, yeah, in yeah, my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting because I've been in such an echo chamber where most of my contrarian views around my audience, I've attracted them based on that, right? So it's quite hard to remember what's <laughs> contrarian about me. Um, when I look at the conversations I have where I disagree with my, my family and stuff, I am uh, overly stoic to the point where, um, and yeah, maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong. I think it's right. Like, I'm the guy that's annoyingly calm and annoyingly optimistic and like, some people are like, oh, that's wrong. Like, you should actually get angry about certain things. But in my opinion, it's like actually, in terms of like a net emotional cost over your lifetime, not giving a fuck about anything is really nice. Yeah. And so, like, um, yeah, my, my, my girlfriend or my mum will always like complain to me about stuff. And I just like, you're wasting your time worrying about it. Um, as I think that's actually kind of a negative thing sometimes. But I personally think that most people should just go about life just, just, um, being the most positive person in the room and as a net positive, it'll be a lot, a lot better. I like that. I like that. It's kind of like contrarian advice where people, yeah, because people push back against, like, I, I don't believe stoicism is about shutting down and, and yeah. being unemotional. I think stoicism for me, I think in one of Mark Aurelius's tweet, or tweets, <laughs> quotes, and one of his quotes, he said, to, uh, do the right thing. And I pulled that. Stop talking I, about it and do it. Yeah, yeah. Just do the right thing. And I, I pulled that out as what well. my definition of stoicism. It's mentally, emotionally, and physically. You do the right thing based on your current uh, yep. skills, knowledge, and abilities. That, 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 that's what you do. And um, and I actually, I, 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 I believe 
what I, I believe in what you're saying there about being more positive yeah. and, and i i really do ignore a lot of the news i actually get frustrated when i talk to family members and they bring up yeah. politics and stuff because i'm just like what are you doing wasting your time yeah, yeah, with that yeah. stuff yeah like it just you, don't let that negativity into your life yeah you know what i mean so i think i think it's um the important reframe is that everything is an opportunity to improve your character when yes. you have that as like the backbone it's like and I, hopefully i'll never want to find this out but like i would like to think that i would be a person that if someone chopped my leg off the next day i'll be making jokes about being legless <laughs> like um i i do believe that like again it's that victor frankel thing is that no matter what happens there is always that choice of character and it's a very like it's, it's not an easy thing to to like withhold with everything it's easy to say like be positive when she hits the fan how do you react i love that bit like i love it when stuff's going wrong because it's like this is your chance to prove that you are the guy you talk about being I, that's brilliant i love that i i've had those moments and i i resonate with that a lot because i i've i could have quit 20 times in the last two years <laughs> and i didn't and i go for walks and i might even had a, a tear in the eye as i was walking you know thinking about things frustrated about things and i went no i chose this this is what mm -hmm. i decided to do this is a mm -hmm. test and what am I going to go up, give up and go back to corporate and with my tail between my legs and sit at a desk at a cubicle and ready for flickering fluorescent light being told yeah. what to do. I'm like, no, fuck that shit. I'm going to go back and sort it out. So yeah, I, lo I love that. So last question, last okay. question before I get you to tell everybody where to find you and I'll put your links and everything in the show notes below. The last question, if you could have everybody in the world wear a t-shirt with a printed message on it, for a full day, what would that T-shirt say? Oh, can you tell me yours first? Do less dumb shit. Do less dumb, dumb shit. shit. Yeah. Didn't expect that to come at me so fast, man. <laughs> <laughs> you've obviously thought you've obviously thought about this one. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess it would um, it would have to be what we've just discussed, right? Where it's like choose to respond better. Choose to respond better. Choose positivity. Yeah. Yeah, like, maybe not the word positivity, but like choose your character. You don't have to be like a, like just like annoyingly happy, but like react better. You can always improve your reaction. So I think if everyone was just focused on that. Yeah, I like that. Choose your character because there's so many like that. That got that got the little sparks in my brain going off. It's like you know, obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. we're playing a video game. I mean, you choose your character and you can up, yeah. you know, upgrade your character any way you want. And I think the, the, the video game analogy for life and business is so applicable. Yes, um, huge fan of it. Gamification. Yeah, the, the thing, because I, I, I've, like the open world games, and I, I've made this connection with business. I don't know if you've ever played a lot of those games, but when you go out and you're running around and you spend hours doing all this yeah. The, these small bullshit things go find a key over here take it back to this guy go over and get a key over here yeah, bring it back yeah. to that guy but then you do all that bullshit and then it unlocks a boss and then you fight the yeah, boss yeah, you get yeah. the rewards and when i play those games i feel like that's like business because you're doing all this like repetitive boring stuff that's kind of still interesting because you're still playing the yeah. game you're doing it on a daily basis but you're doing it for days and days and days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks yeah. and even months yeah and then depending on your offer you might only get once or twice a month you actually get that big celebration like for me yeah, signing yeah. one or two clients a month is great that's fantastic uh, i'm not signing clients every day do you know what I mean? i'm not that, yeah. that level so it, it kind of reminds me of that kind of that, that, that so choose your character 
Choose your character. I'm, I'm smiling because, uh, so, uh, dude, I, I've spent, I mean, my playtime on World of Warcraft was like six, 500 days, 24 yeah. hours times 500. So it's a fucking lot. Oh, yeah. And what I, again, I'm very grateful for it, even though what a complete waste of my life. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> dude, like, I just, I was locked up in my room, like, scared to talk to any females. And anyway, yeah. um, the thing with gamification that I love, right, is that when you play a game, you are more than willing to do the repetitive task over and over and over because you know you'll get the result because it's a game. Yeah. But then suddenly when we're doing it in life, it's like the monkey mind comes in. It's like, oh, but what if I do this repetitive thing and it doesn't work? And it's like, there's always this, what if it doesn't? What if it doesn't? And I feel like in gamification, there's always, what if it does? It's like, what yeah. if I just do that quest over and over and over and over and then this gets to here and there? You always look at it from that lens of like, what if in a good way um so yeah i dude i gamify everything man like it's oh, the only bro. way to do it yeah i i get over that monkey mind by data points so yeah. i i know that meditating every morning for me or journaling regularly uh nearly a daily basis i'm i'm, I'm i slip from it but i'm practically pretty much every day i'm, I'm journeying a little bit i know mm-hmm. going for walks three or four times a week the data points have told me that those repetitive boring tasks equal big results yes so i i, I know that that they work because I can yeah, look yeah. back and that going gap in the game again, when you go back and look at all your gains, you go look at all your wins and how did you make those wins yeah. happen? Well, I, I, I did all these boring tasks repeatedly over a series of weeks and months. I, rec- I improved yeah. my minimum standards and boom, I you won. Get... Yeah. It's like and, a uh, lag metric, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. a, a big thing for me in my life and a big thing about working with clients one-on-one and, and people who I speak to is a lot of people don't actually set goals based on data. They, mm-hmm set goals because they're like oh i want to do three hundred thousand this year i'm like well mm. how much you did how much did you do last year oh i only did 20k of my business okay so you're you're expecting a i don't know how many x increase that is what's the data mm-hmm. point on that and i'm not saying don't mm-hmm. go big and try to 10x yeah but what's the actual reality what, what what's the status quo what happens if you just do what you did last year and you, what's going to happen you're probably going to get 20k again so that should yeah. be your minimum goal that should be your baseline yeah, yeah. data point that's your data set um, and then you go from there. Well, what's what's five x of that data? Well, that would be a hundred k, because mm. you know. And then, sort of like this uh, success leaves clues analogy, right? Where it's like yeah. just deconstruct what happened. Um, journaling ones, but we'll get into that maybe another pod. But like those habits you've described are self awareness habits, and the thing with self awareness is that like it's a very creeping habit. But then, like there just comes a point when you realize you are aware of how you are thinking. Yeah. And that awareness of how you are thinking is a very compounding skill where, because suddenly you start making better choices and even a 1% improvement in decision-making, it's like thousand X down the line with compounding. Yes. And so it all starts with journaling, walking, meditating, yeah. um, and reading in my, in my one. So I, again, it's like, just have faith in the, in the fucking system. There are a lot of smart people that say they do these habits and, and they go, well, um, I think we overcomplicate it sometimes. Yes, we do. We we really do overcomplicate everything. Like it's, it's complexity is, it, it, everybody thinks it's complex. It's not. It's it really is kind of simple. And that's where my 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 life philosophy currently is just doing less dumb shit. Do less dumb it, shit. I like yeah. that's catchy. <laughs> because you just you just focus on the the data set. You focus on the things you know are going to work. And you just keep doing them, and you will eventually ha- eventually get the success. So I think yeah. at that point we'll leave it there. We'll be talking for an hour. Uh, I, I I love love so many things about this podcast and our conversation so i really appreciate having you on but before you drop off tell everybody you know where they can find you uh best way to contact you best place to follow you go yeah uh well come over on twitter 
uh everything's pretty much there so that's um what is my hand? it's it's kieran drew for the, it's the your name. yeah it's my name i forgot <laughs> uh, you can tell how much i look at these things yeah. um or kieran you can sign up to digital freedom which is my newsletter and then if you just sign up there like i will just direct you around to stuff about me and i have um like four free courses knocking around and all sorts of goodies for you if you want to write online and build a business um that's freedom first love it love it i'll put all that uh, below in the show notes uh your okay. your digital freedom your, your your twitter i if you're aspiring to create more freedom through writing i i really 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 suggest you check out kieran kieran's work he's been a big influence on me from afar i've been watching him so i'm very very pleased to have him on here and it's absolutely fantastic kieran anything i didn't ask you that, that i should ask should have asked you all good man it's been a great chat that's awesome thanks very much that was episode 41 of the sps podcast thank you very much kieran for coming on the pod i highly recommend you go and check out him and in the show notes below you'll see all his links also if you want to hit me up on twitter reach out to me let me know what you think of the podcast recommend even some topics or guests you can hit me up at steve timoney on twitter it's at s-t-e-v-e-t-i-m-o-n-e-y or you can slide on over to my website that's stephentimoney.com and i spell steven s-t-e-p-h-e-n-t-i-m-o-n-e-y.com for that one thank you very much for listening to this episode of the sps podcast and we will talk to each other in the next one make it a good one